0: From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for the 30th of August 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's plan for Europe. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing whether Europe should impose a travel ban on Russians. But first, Scholz's plan for Europe. On Monday, the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz gave an hour-long speech at Charles University in Prague. And, whilst we wouldn't normally cover such a speech in great detail, it was a pretty big one, with Scholz laying out his vision for Europe. Whilst a big chunk of his speech was focused on Germany's role in defending Ukraine, the overarching theme of Scholz's speech was sovereignty, specifically at the European level. At its core, Schultz stressed that the EU must deliver on its promise of peace by ensuring it was able to safeguard its security, independence and stability in the face of external challenges. To that end, the German Chancellor proposed a new European air defence system, with him pledging that Germany would make substantial investments in the area in the coming years and that European neighbours would be invited to participate in the project from the very start, noting that we have a lot of catching up to do in Europe when it comes to defending ourselves against airborne and space-based threats. Schultz also called for an overhaul of how decisions are made at the European level, arguing that, in areas such as foreign policy and human rights, the bloc should move to what's known as qualified majority voting, rather than the current unanimity. Qualified majority voting, or QMV, is the most widely used voting method in the EU and, at its heart, is basically a double majority requirement. For a proposal to be accepted, 55% of EU member states, representing 65% of the EU's population, must back a proposal. Crucially, QMV does not apply to sensitive areas, most notably foreign policy, which has been a sticking point in Europe's recent history, with some countries often using the requirement for unanimity to stall negotiations or extract major concessions. Schultz was, in his speech, clear that the move would not necessarily go down well with Germans, noting that he's proposed a gradual transition to majority voting, knowing full well that this would also have repercussions for Germany. Scholz was clear that the EU should expand, highlighting that the likes of Ukraine, Moldova, and Georgia belong to us, the free democratic part of Europe, and that the centre of Europe is moving eastwards, but that any expansion must come after reform, especially on QMV as mentioned earlier. The problem being that such a move is likely to be resisted, and resisted hard by the countries wielding their veto the most, the likes of Poland and Hungary. Whether Schultz gets his way is, for now, anyone's guess. OK, so that's the biggest story of the day. But there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Pakistan has been facing huge historic flooding in the last few weeks and months, which has caused more than one-third of the country to be underwater, according to a government minister, and has left more than 1,000 people dead. The flooding started back in monsoon season, in June, and has continued getting worse, with more than 75 people dying in the last 24 hours alone. Unfortunately, it's predicted that the number of deaths will continue to rise and it's predicted that the floods will cause widespread food shortages. Even aside from the brutal human cost of the flooding, the economic cost is also enormous. A government minister has claimed that the disaster is going to cost more than $10 billion. Today, Pakistan has received a $1.1 billion bailout from the IMF. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make The Daily Briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. In the last couple of days, the Iraqi capital, Baghdad, has seen some of its worst violence for years following an announcement from a powerful Shia cleric that he is quitting politics. At least 23 people have been killed at time of writing as supporters of Mokhtada al sadr clash with pro-Iran militias and Iraq security forces. Iraq held elections last October, but the fractured parliament has been unable to agree on forming a new government. Sardar's retirement announcement, which as a side note is not the first time he has retired from politics, prompted his loyalists to storm a government palace. Most of the fighting has been around the fortified Green Zone, the location of many government buildings and embassies. Iraq's caretaker prime minister announced a nationwide curfew, while neighbouring Iran has closed its borders and Kuwait has urged its citizens to leave the country. Last Friday saw the UK's energy regulator, Ofgem, announce the new energy price cap, which will see the typical household energy bill soar 80% to £3,549 per year from October. The announcement adds further pressure on the government to act to shield millions of households from the worst of the price rise. Boris Johnson's outgoing government introduced a package of support earlier this year, in anticipation for a much lower rise in energy bills. So his successor, either Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak, will be expected to act quickly once they take over on September 6th. It's not just households that are facing pressure amid the energy crisis, though. Businesses, unlike households, are not covered by a regulated price cap. Former Labour Chancellor Alastair Darling said the soaring bills could be the straw that finally breaks the camel's back and forces thousands of pubs, shops and other small businesses to shut down. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of a European travel ban on Russians, then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up.